All right, so I'm continuing my series of messages on old-fashioned solutions to modern-day problems. And another modern-day problem that we have going on today is this uh, thing known as gender dysphoria. All right, gender dysphoria. And you'll notice we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, you know, the Bible keeps things real simple. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, I don't know how many genders we're up to according to modern society today. I think I heard like 25 or something the other day. But you know what? There's only two genders, all right? I'm sorry, that, but that's all there is. There is male and female. God created male and female, but I do believe that gender dysphoria, it is a real thing. And just a, you know, a short definition of gender dysphoria, it's the condition, in case somebody doesn't know what it is, but it's the condition of feelings one's emotional and psychological identity as a male or female to be opposite to one's biological sex. So in other words, there's people today who were born a male, yet they feel like they are a female. And as a, in society today, they're telling us that if somebody feels that way, that we need to support them. We need to call him her. All right? How many saw the guy raging out because he was being called sir and apparently he thought he was a woman? And it was real obvious it was a man and he like had like roid rage and stuff and like started freaking out and kicking stuff over. You know, raging out like a man, you know, because he was being called sir when he felt like he was a woman just because he was dressed like one. It was pretty ridiculous. And we're, we're taught to just, you know, not be freaked out by that. We're told that we shouldn't have a problem with that. But I'm sorry, I'm always going to have a problem with a guy dressing up like a woman. I'm always going to have a problem with that. And vice versa, and we should feel that way. But I do believe gender dysphoria is a real thing, and I, but I and I believe it's a I believe it's a problem. I believe it's an epidemic. I think being a sodomite is a real thing. I think there are full blown sodomites that you know, really have same sex attraction. I believe it's a real thing. But here's what we've got to understand about that: even if it's a real thing, we need to understand it's not okay. Okay, it's it's not okay because, for example. There are some people that are sociopaths and psychopaths. There are people that have no problem hurting others. In fact, they enjoy it. They get off on it in hurting other people. There are people who kill just for the fun of it. There are people who steal just for the fun of it. There's, there's rich Hollywood people. I remember years ago, I think it was Winona Ryder, a famous Hollywood actress. She got busted for shoplifting. And people are like, why would you shoplift? You've got all this money. She did it just for the thrill of it. Why? Because she's just a crazy, you know, typical Hollywood reprobate and they just like doing bad things. There are people that enjoy doing bad stuff and God sees these things as abominations, alright? Now, what is an abomination? Okay? Because the, de the definition of abomination means extreme hatred or detestation, alright? That is, uh, a, a, for something to be an abomination, I mean, you do, you extremely hate it. There's things that we don't like, but then there's other things that we just detest, you know? And just saying, I don't like it, that's not enough. You know, we got, we, we hate it, we detest it, you know, or, and an abomination is the object of detestation, a common significant, uh, signification in Scripture. So, there's many things in the Bible that are abominations to God, and I think in a good illustration, of what is an abomination to God. Because there's a lot of things uh, or a way to explain what an abomination is and why things are an abomination. 
For example, there's many things that by themselves are good, but when combined with other things, they're better. All right. For example, chocolate and peanut butter. All right. You combine those things and you have a wonderful. It's even better. Chocolate by itself is good. Peanut butter by itself is good. You put them together, it's even better. It's like Chinese food. When you eat Chinese food, all right. When I was a kid, you know, I was a type. My food couldn't touch each other and stuff like that. But you know what? With Chinese food. I've learned the more different types of food you mix, the better. And, and I do. I just get a little bit of everything when I go to a Chinese restaurant. I mix it all up, and it's wonderful. All right. But at the same time, there are some things that by themselves are good, but when you mix them, we would call them an abomination. All right. For example, I like eggs. I like ketchup. Don't put them together, folks. That's disgusting, alright? Now that's an abomination to me, alright? That's a, that's a personal abomination of mine. My wife does that, and it just grosses me out. You don't put ketchup on eggs, alright? That doesn't even make sense, but yet, people do it, you know? I love ice cream, and I love barbecue sauce. But, I'm not gonna put barbecue sauce on my ice cream, alright? That is a combination that was never meant to go together. That is an abomination. And you know what? You know, there is, you know, when it comes to the physical relationship between a man and a woman, that's something that God created for a husband and the wife. And you know what? There's certain boundaries though on that. And when we go outside of those things, and when you start mixing these things, with things that God never intended them to be mixed together, we have an abomination. And so when it comes to the physical relationship, when it's between a husband and a wife, it is a good thing. Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. God will judge those who do that. But then when it comes to the sodomites, for example, the man with man or the women with women, that is an abomination. That was never supposed to happen. God never intended for that to happen. And that there's these things that God made. God made men. God made women. But there are things that they can do that are detestable to the Creator. And these are things that God never intended for them to do. And I think a good way to explain this, all right, some lady, if we have, we have ladies in here that sew and stuff, if one of you ladies in here made a dress, alright, you went, you made a dress, and let's say you denied, you designed it for a specific lady. I mean, you made it to fit all their measurements and all, you know, all their curves and all that. You made it specifically for them, for a lady. You, as the designer of that dress, don't want to see a man wear it. Alright? That would, it would disgust you to see a man in a dress that you designed for a lady. And don't even ask me, well, what's the difference? Alright? There is a big difference. Women are shaped different than men. Alright? They, 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 they look different, and you know what? They're supposed to dress different. And that's why it says in Deuteronomy 22.5, "...the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God." So we are not to be cross-dressing. Alright, something that pertained, it's something that was made for. There are differences in clothing designs for men and women for a reason. It's because our bodies are different. And when we mix those things up, we've got a huge problem. The Bible says that it is an abomination. And so female clothes, they are good. Men are good. But those things should not be mixed together. That is an abomination. And you know what? I like ketchup and I like eggs. But you mix the two, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cast both out. 
And you know what? We see in the Bible, there's things that God made that by themselves were good, but when they would mix with things that God never intended for them to mix with, you know what they did? They were cast out. In many cases, they were put to death. In Leviticus 18.22, it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these, the nations are defiled which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. We see that while God made man and woman, God made people, God made animals, and it offends the designer of those things, when we start crossing over in ways that God never intended, that we were not designed for, it disgusts the Creator. And you know what it ought to disgust us too? And it does, it does, it, it, God is disgusted by it. It says in Leviticus 20.13, if a man lie with mankind as he lies with woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And you know what? You and our society, they might not be bothered by these things. They might not think that these things are an abomination. It might not be an abomination to them. But we do need to understand that the Creator and the Judge of all the earth he is bothered by these things. And if we neglect to deal with these things, as God taught us to, our society is going to suffer. And is our society not suffering? Listen, I can't even read to you. I have it up here. I'm not even going to read it though. These symptoms of somebody who has gender dysphoria. And listen, it's clear why this happens to people. Right? People who end up getting caught up in the LGBT lifestyle are usually victims of abuse almost all the time. And it's absolutely horrible what happens to these people. And let me tell you, I do I believe most of these LGBT people at, at one time they were they were victims of other LGBT people. They were victims, they were recruited. And you know what? But unfortunately, these people were not taught the truth. They started getting all messed up in the head mentally because of the horrible things that were done to them. And then our sick, twisted society started telling them, hey, it's just because you belong in this category and this is how you are. And we just made them ten times worse. And these people, they end up becoming full-blown reprobates and they end up doing the same thing to other people. And folks, it's, it's, it breaks my heart what is going on, the amount of abuse that's going on in our society. And it ought to sicken us. It ought to bother us greatly. And so, how do I make sure, though, that this never happens with my kids? Because there are there are people out there who feel like, you know, it's clear that they are of the male gender, but they feel like they are of the female gender. We're seeing this. It's a growing thing. It's happening more and more. Why is this happening? Because right, I don't believe it should be happening. But it is happening. And I believe it could be prevented. I believe this stuff could be prevented. And so how do I make sure this never happens to me or my kids especially? I do not want this happening to my children. Well, look what it says in Genesis chapter 6. And uh, turn over to Genesis 6 and we're going to look at a couple of verses there in, in 6 and 7. First thing we've got to do is do not allow your children to be indoctrinated into ignoring nature. Okay? Do not allow that. Okay? In Genesis 6.19, it says, "...and of every living thing..." Of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Now, why couldn't Noah have brought you know two male dogs on the ark? You know, 
to female cats. Society can't survive without reproduction and reproduction doesn't work with same sex. It's a male and female thing. And you know what? Every creature in nature does that. It is normal for every creature in nature. Genesis 7-9, and there went in two and two unto Noah into the ark. The male and the female is God had commanded Noah. I mean, we got in the beginning, we read the verse, male and female created he them. It's everywhere in nature. It's just common sense. We shouldn't even have to talk about it. We shouldn't have to even teach it. Yet at the same time, people are confused about this because they're being indoctrinated by the public fool system, by Hollywood, by the news media. This junk is being shoved down people's throats and we've got to learn to let our kids you know, see the reality of things and don't allow the indoctrination. Don't allow that stuff to get crammed down their throats and in their heads. Nature itself teaches us there is a difference between a male and a female. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 14, "...doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him, but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering." It's embarrassing when a man has long hair like a woman. Now, why? Why is that? It's just hair. I mean, we're all obviously we're capable of growing long hair. So, well, some of us are, I guess. But you know, why? Why is it? Why is it a problem? Why is it a shame? You know why? Because you are a man, and men aren't supposed to look like women. It's embarrassing. It's a shame. You know, and long hair. It is a beautiful thing. God made women to be the beautiful ones and the and the good looking ones. The Bible talks a lot about the beauty of the women. All right, it doesn't talk about it as much with the men. All right, and it is it's a it's a beautiful thing when a woman has the long flowing curly hair or whatever. That is a beautiful thing in a woman. Have you ever been standing behind somebody and you saw the pretty hair and then you turn around and it wasn't a pretty face? All right, you know that's embarrassing. All right, that's a shame. There ought to be a difference and people ought to be embarrassed. I like telling this story. We were at, um, at Silver Dollar City one time and Allie was there. She was a lot younger then and they were standing in line to go on this ride and a little boy was in front of her that had long, I mean, long blonde hair almost down to his backside. He was probably like four years old and Allie, you know, Allie's a very social person. You know, she'll talk to anybody and she's talking to his mom and he starts referring to him as a her. And the mom gets like, he's a boy. You know, she's like getting offended by it. And then she was like, then why does she have her hair like that? And she kept referring to him as a she. And then the mom's like, well, you know, his, his dad has long hair. And she's like, why doesn't she cut it? <laughs> it like wasn't registering that this was a boy. And she just, and she, and the mom's kind of getting offended by it, but it's like, you know what? Don't let your kid have hair like a girl. You know? And you know, he was actually dressed like a boy, but guess what? Girls dress like boys these days. You know, there needs to be a difference, and it's embarrassing, and I think that mom was embarrassed. My wife was kind of embarrassed by the whole thing. I thought it was hilarious. I, I you know, that, that's funny. And, you know, she deserves it. And you know what? I hope the little boy was embarrassed that a other girl his age is thinking that he's a girl, and maybe he'll go home and say, hey mom, can I get my hair cut like a man? That's that's what needs to happen. But no, we're supposed to just act like everything's normal. No, people, it's a shame. Alright? It's a shame. It's embarrassing. And nature teaches us that. Nature teaches us that there is a difference between male and female 
And so, you know, and, and you talk to anybody from the public school, and you start talking about this stuff, they always want to bring this up, all right? And this is just part of the indoctrination. They'll always want to bring up some exception. They'll always want to bring up hermaphrodites. You know, what if somebody's born, you know, with whatever, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go into detail. But listen, we do see in the Bible, when God made everything, He made it good. Male and female created them, right? But you know what? As a result of sin, we have sometimes genetic defects, don't we? There, sometimes people are born without arms. Sometimes people are born blind. They're born, and, and you know what? That's sad when that happens. It's sad when somebody is born with a disability. All right. And, but what do we usually do when somebody's born with something wrong with them? We do what we can to try to fix it. And if somebody's got something genetically wrong with them, where they're like that, you know what we can try to do today the best we can with, and thank God we've got, uh, we've advanced far in the medical stuff, is we can try to help that person, try to fix that, because that is not good. Just, if I had a child that was born and it didn't have arms or something like that, you know, I want to do something to help with that. You know, they make fake arms and fake legs and things these days. Why, why can't we just accept these people for who they are? You know, these soldiers that get their legs blown off, why can't we just celebrate the fact that they only have one leg? Well, hey, why don't we see if we can't help them live a normal life and, you know, give them a fake leg? And you know what? If somebody's born like that and it is a legitimate, you know, genetic problem, why don't we do like we do with every other physical problem people have and try to see if we can't help it, try to see if we can't fix it? If I get cancer, I don't need to just say, well, you know what? I'm just going to celebrate the fact that I have cancer because this is just me and who I am. No, I'm going to try to get it cut out of me. Okay? And first off, you know, that and that, hermaphrodite thing, that is so rare, it's hardly even worth mentioning. But you know what? They're wanting to include all these people who identify, and these people are just perverts, right? They weren't born that way. It's something that happened to them. And so it is, it's okay for us to try to fix what's wrong when people are born. And either way you look at it, nature teaches you this type of thing is extremely rare. I've heard deer hunters tell stories about shooting a buck and it turned out it was a doe. I've heard those stories. I think they're hunting stories, all right? But you know what? Maybe in nature some of that stuff happens sometimes too. It's possible, but that is a, you know, that is very rare, all right? You know, back in the day they called people like that freaks, okay? If I have a girl, all right, if one of my daughters has like a hormonal imbalance or something, starts growing a beard, okay, we're not going to celebrate that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Dr. Hey, is there something we can do? My daughter is a girl and she's growing a beard. You know, we're not going to let her grow it out and let her join the circus. You know, we're, you know, we're going to, we're, you know, I don't even want to, you know, we're going to wax it or, you know, do something. We're going to try to help because that's sad. All right. That's a tragic thing if that happens to a woman. And, and you know, if somebody's a freak, if somebody's got some kind of weird problem like that, we shouldn't make fun of them. We shouldn't point at them or anything like that. But, you know, let's not make them a role model. You know, and I'm definitely, if my daughter has some kind of problem and she's has some male characteristics, I'm definitely not going to dress her up like a boy in that situation. You know, what is it, you know, what do parents always do? And not a lot of parents, not all parents do this, alright? But often, when they have newborn babies, you know why they like using pink so much and blue so much? Because they don't want people mistaking their baby for the wrong gender. And when they're tiny little babies, you can't tell when they're first born. So you know what you do? You dress them up like one or the other. You use colors 
that are obviously male or female. And we've got parents these days, just perverted parents that are trying to, you know, they're going to let their kid decide their gender. That is just, that, that's child abuse so bad. That is child abuse. That is one of the most disgusting things a parent could do. But we need to make sure we do not allow our children to be indoctrinated into just ignoring nature. I never taught my daughter, at probably four years old that she was at the time, that, you know, I don't remember teaching her that, you know, if you ever see a boy with long hair, call him a girl. I definitely didn't teach her that. She just naturally did that. She just, well, it's because of our society and all the gender stereotypes. Well, that's just, it's the way it's supposed to be. I didn't, I didn't, I don't teach my kids to do that stuff. These things are natural. You have to teach them to ignore those things. Let's not do that. Let's let them recognize nature for what it is. But then also we need to teach them, we need to train them to fill their role as a male or a female. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm not going to go, and I never did this with my boys, I did not buy them dolls trying to you know, develop their maternal instinct. I didn't feel the need to do that. And we didn't do that. But you know what? We do do that with our girls. Why? Because we understand one of these days they're probably going to be a wife and a mother. And, you know, it's okay if they develop that maternal instinct. What do you do with boys? You know, you give them, you know, things that they destroy. You know, I mean, you know, you, that you give them stuff that's, that's manly. You give them tools and things like that. You know, or animals or whatever. You, you get them guns and bows and arrows and all those things. That's what you give your boys when they're little. And my boys have been playing with guns. You know, obviously we didn't give them real guns when they were little, but they've been playing with guns since they were one year old. And you know what? I've been taking them out shooting guns since they were real little. Real ones. And teaching them, uh, you know, teaching them gun safety and things like that. You need to teach them that. Teach your boys to work hard and to be strong. Alright, Genesis 3.17 says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return." You know what? Part of the curse that we have right now is we've got to work and we've got to work hard sometimes. We've got to sweat. It's not just the work, but it's the sweat. It's the fact that we've got things working against us. It's the fact that there's going to be opposition and that things are going to be difficult sometimes. And you know what we've got to do? We've got to teach our boys to overcome it. We've got to teach our boys that they are supposed to work. That they're supposed to labor. And from the time that they're little kids, you know what you ought to do? You ought to take them out. You ought to give them yard work. You ought to make them work hard. And when they start getting lazy and complain about being tired and wanting to go back inside and watch TV or play video games, you need to tell them to stop being a wimp. You need to tell them to toughen up and to man up and stop acting like a girl. And you need to go and you need to be tough and you need to finish the job. Because that's life. That's what you've got to do. That is just the reality of things. And unfortunately, people aren't teaching them that today. We've got to teach our boys to be strong and to overcome things. All right. So somebody, you know, put an obstacle in your way. Deal with it. Figure out how to overcome it. Over and over again, I'm not even going to go to all the scriptures. The Bible constantly says, you know, be strong, of good courage. They would always say to men, be strong and of good courage. Only be thou strong 
and very courageous, we ought to promote strength in our young men. Don't get caught up into this junk of it being this toxic masculinity. Listen, if your boys want to go and pump irons and try to build muscle and stuff like that, encourage that. Celebrate that kind of thing. You know, motivate them to do that kind of stuff. Teach them to be strong. Let them enjoy sports. You know, let them play sports. Let them play football. Let them tackle each other. Let them get hurt. Let them get bruises. Let them climb a tree. You know, let them break an arm. I've told my wife, I've said this since our boys were little, there are worse things that can happen to your boys than them breaking an arm or even breaking a neck. And that is they can grow up to be a homo. And so I'm going to let my boys do stuff that's going to make them tough because there are, there are worse things that can happen than them getting killed. And I believe that with all my heart. I'm not, I do not want to raise some reprobate that's going to abuse her of himself with mankind that's just going to die a slow, disgusting death of AIDS. I'm going, to te- I'm going to let them do boy stuff and man stuff. And I hope they never get hurt and I hope they never die and I don't want them to break any bones and stuff like that. But if they do, so there's worse things that can happen. And we're seeing it every day. We're seeing tragedies every day. And let me tell all these people that are becoming perverts, that's a tragedy. That is a very sad tragedy. And you know what? We ought to encourage strength. And you know what? The man ought to be stronger than the woman. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.17, it talks about giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. You know, and I, we, do, we live in a world that's trying to promote strong women and always talking about, you know, strengthen women and fight like a girl and all that kind of stuff and the Ronda, Ronda Rouseys and stuff like that are being lifted up on pedestals. People like her are freaks. Alright? And you know what? Boy, we, we don't need to encourage that in girls. Alright? Girls don't need to be being bodybuilders and all that kind of stuff. That's just, that's, that's messed up. It's not right. There are differences and we need to promote the right kind of thing. You know, women too, they, women like strong men. Now, if they watch Hollywood, you know, they make you think that women like these soft-spoken, effeminate guys that are in touch with their feelings. But that's just not right. You know, it's, that's not how it is. They want somebody that's strong that can be a protector. In Song of Solomon 5.15, you know, a woman talking about a man, she's talking about his legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedar. She's praising the strength of this man. But what do we have today? We've got guys running around in skinny jeans, you know, trying to accentuate their bird legs that they have. Where does that come from? Alright? It comes from the homosexual clothes designers is where that comes from. That's why that kind of thing is being promoted. But you know what? Women don't even like that. That's not, that's not even normal. And you've got to teach your boys the importance of being a protector, a provider, and a leader. 1 Timothy 5.8 But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. You need to teach your boys that if he's not going to take care of that wife and he's not providing for that kid, that he's a pile of garbage and that he's a good for nothing is what you ought to teach them. You know, my boys are getting to the age where they're starting to think, you know, when's the wife going to come along? And one of the things that I'm teaching them, you want a wife, you better learn how to provide first. You're going to have to get a job. And you're going to have to work hard. So you know what? You might want to pay attention in school so you can get a better job. And so you can actually make a little bit more money. And even if you don't have a ton of brains, if you just have some character, if you're able to work hard and just be strong, you know what? You'll be able to take care of your family. If you're just, if you just have some physical strength, you'll be able to get a decent job and do what it takes to 
provide for a family. And you need to teach them. You don't deserve a woman if you don't even have a job. And I'm sick of all these guys living on welfare, shacking up with their girlfriends, living off her welfare. This is too lazy to get a job. Parents, dads especially, we ought to we ought to detest that kind of thing and teach our boys that if they live that kind of life, that they are worthless scum and good for nothing. Because that is the reality of it. And that's just not being taught. And we ought to teach our daughters the value of purity. We ought to teach our daughters the value of being a keeper at the home. We don't have time to go through Proverbs 31, but in, second, or in Titus 2.4, says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. How is a woman not fulfilling her role blaspheming the Word of God? I'll tell you why. Because the Word of God teaches very clear and distinct roles for the male and for the female. And when God's people are living an abominable lifestyle doing the opposite of what God taught. I mean, it's blaspheming the Word of God. We're making Christianity look bad. We're making the Word of God look bad. There needs to be a clear difference. And so we need to teach these things and we need to encourage these things. When your boys do manly stuff, encourage that. You know, Support it. Celebrate it. When your girls do girly stuff, celebrate it. Encourage it. Motivate them to do those things. And yes, there are manly things and there are girly things. Okay? There are. And we need to teach those things. The third thing you need to do to make sure this never happens, and people aren't going to like this, but I, this is just common sense. It's reality. It's what needs to be done. You need to punish your children from a very young age when they do things that cross gender-specific boundaries. Okay? Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6.9. Says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. It's naming off all these terrible people and it mentions effeminate too. Okay? Being effeminate or having female characteristics as a man is a sin. Alright? Now, people get me, so you're going to punish them for being effeminate. Yes. Because we punish all other sins, don't we? Do you not? Do we not punish our children when they take something that doesn't belong to them? I remember one of the families of my dad's church. Their their little boy, he went and took something to the grocery store, and they got outside the grocery store. Notice he took a candy bar or something like that. His dad walked him back into the grocery store, knew who the security guy was, took him to the security guy. It's like my son stole a candy bar. You know, and the guy kind of got on a little bit, and then he actually went and took him and showed him the security room where they have the screens where they can see from all the cameras and watch people and stuff. And he was just real silent the whole time. And, you know, it seemed pretty, like he was pretty traumatized. They didn't really know how he felt about it. About a week later, they go back to the grocery store, and the dad, they go walk by that room, and he points at it to his son. He says, Tell your mom what room that is. And he just broke down crying. It was like, you know, like the security room or something like that, just broke down crying. And you say, well, that was pretty cruel. Well, you know what? He didn't grow up to be a thief. You know what? He's grown up now. He's a faithful member of church. He's married. He has a kid. You know, living for the Lord. That's what you do when your kids take something that don't belong to them. If they're hurting other people, if they're hitting other people, you punish them for that, don't you? We punish them for all these other sins. Why is it that we won't punish them if they're being effeminate? 
We say, oh, it's innocent. I remember when Jason was real little, one time, you know, kids, they often put on their parents' shoes. One time he put on his mom's shoes and was walking around. You know what I did? I made him drop and give me 20 push-ups. Oh, that's me. Yo, is this innocent? It's cute. It's a sin. Alright? And it, it's kind of cute sometimes when you watch little kids fighting and stuff like that. You know, some of that stuff's cute. But you gotta teach them it's a sin. And Tommy was telling me about this. I don't even remember this. Uh, we, we were having BBS one year, and we were, uh, I was leading the kids in a song, and it was one of these songs where the boys do a part and where the girls do a part, and Jason thought he was funny, and he started doing the girls' part. And apparently I made him drop and give me 20 push-ups right there in front of everybody. I, I, that sounds like something I would do, but I don't remember it. But that, you know, when my boys would do anything that resembled you know, a female thing, I would make him drop and give me 20 push-ups. Why? Because doing push-ups is manly. And I'm not going to raise girly boys. And I would make them, I, and sometimes they'd start crying and I'd make them do push-ups. And I'd make them do push-ups until they quit crying. Well, I'm trying to teach them to be a man. And to teach them to be tough. And we do. We do this with all other sins. But for some reason, you know, if a boy starts dressing up like a girl, or a girl starts dressing up like a boy, oh, isn't that cute? No, it's not. That's a sin. Alright? You deal with that. You know, don't, don't get freaked out. Well, maybe, you know, there might, boy likes wearing mommy's shoes. Maybe he's a transgender. No, he's not. He's just sinning. Spank him. And you know what? They'll get over it. Alright? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction driveth it far from him. Teach them that these things are wrong. You know, and so, you know, we, we do, you know, we don't panic when our children steal, cheat, you know, hit other kids, but we do punish them and we teach them not to do it. And sin is not funny. And don't let, so don't let your children dress like the opposite sex for Halloween. That's not funny. It's not cute. That is a sin. Alright? And it's not, it's not funny. It's not cute when your little boy, I don't care if he's two years old, dresses up like mommy. I knew a guy one time, and people celebrate this, and I've seen pictures, people post stuff like this on Facebook. Listen, I've never seen anybody in here do this. If you've done this, alright, I'm sorry, you were wrong when you did this, but I'm not picking on anybody here. Okay? It's not cute. You're not a good dad when you let your daughter put makeup on you. Alright? That, don't do that. You don't let your daughter put makeup on your face. Oh, it's daddy-daughter bonding time. There's other ways you can bond besides letting her put makeup on your face. I knew a guy one time, he would talk about how he would play Pretty Pretty Princess with his daughter. And it's where they have all this jewelry. I don't know how the game works, but you play. I think my daughter's had that one time. You know, I didn't play that game with them. I'll play shoots and ladders with them. You know, I'll play something like that with them. I'm not going to play Pretty Pretty Princess and put a little tiara on my head and earrings and necklaces. And I'm not going to do that. I'm a man. Their mommy can play that game with them. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to play Battleship with my boys. You know, where we blow up boats and stuff. I just pretend. But you know, you know, we play. The, you know, you'll play the war games with your boys. And if, if you, I'm fine, there's some games you can play with your daughters, but not Pretty Pretty Princess. You are not a good dad if you go and you post a picture on Facebook of your little girl putting makeup on you. It's gonna go. People are gonna love it and say how wonderful of a dad you are. But no, you're not. You're teaching them perversion. Guys don't wear makeup, alright? We're supposed to be ugly, alright? The beauty is for the females, not for the guys. So don't, don't do that. That is, that is not okay. And so, last thing you need to make sure you do is make sure you do not allow your family to become desensitized to perversion. Romans 16.19 says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good, 
and simple concerning evil. You know, thank God at four years old, my daughter Allie didn't know that boys ever had long hair. You know, wish we could protect them longer from stuff like that. But we don't need to be educating our children in the filth and the foolishness of this world. Jeremiah 10.2 says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heavens, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So we've got, if we're going to protect our children from that stuff, don't send them to be indoctrinated by the public fool system. Don't do that. And don't allow them to watch the propaganda on the television. And unfortunately today, even Christian people, there are many Christian people that would be very offended by some of the things I preach today. Christian people, they get offended by this stuff. That blows my mind. I mean, anybody would find what I'm preaching offensive, but you know a lot of Christian people would not like what I preach today? Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's because of this box that's sitting in their living room pumping perversion through it 24-7. That's why. It's because of all their sitcoms they watch. I mean, Hollywood makes it look like there's a transgender in every family. Like there's a homo in every single family. That is not the case. Alright? There's not that many of them. Hollywood makes it look like it. Why? Because they're making, they're trying to indoctrinate us with this stuff. So they've got to put it on every show to get us used to it, to desensitize us to it. You, you know what? You ought to tell your children, no, you can't watch this movie because it has a homo in it. Amen. And I, we've done, we'll do that. I have no problem with that. No, we're not going to watch it. Well, it's, it's only rated G. It's only rated PG. It has a homo in it. We're not going to watch it. Because it has a homo in it. Well, if you do that, you're going to teach your kids that there's something wrong with homos. Thank you. That is exactly right. That is exactly what I want to teach my children. I don't want them to get used to seeing that stuff. It's not okay. It's not right. But yet, I mean, you look at it, some of the most popular Disney movies they put out for kids too, even if they don't have homos you know, in the storyline, the voices are always of homos too. Why is that? You know why? Because they, they want to get them used to these actors. You know, they want, they want the kids to, uh, they, they know the kids all love Dory. And so, you know, when people find, when they hear Dory's voice on the Ellen DeGeneres show, you know, it's a voice they like. It's a voice they can trust. You know, it, it's a way to get them used to these people when for millenniums, society was disgusted by them. And freaked out by them, but now thanks to Hollywood, we're not bothered by it at all, and we should be bothered by it. And so we need it. We got. We've got to keep that propaganda out of our house. We need to teach them not to look at things. You know, you try to teach your boys when they're going through the stores, when you're driving down the road, and there's the billboards. You try to get them to look away from those magazines. You try to teach them not to go staring at the billboards. You try to teach them all that stuff. And you know what? You ought to teach them not to look at the homos. You ought to teach them not to look at that stuff. It's not funny. It's not funny when a guy's wearing a dress. It's not funny when a guy's in makeup, when a guy's all pierced up and, you know, all that stuff. That's not funny. It's not funny when a woman's dressed up like a man. These things are not okay. These things are sins, and we've got to teach them, look away from that stuff. Shield them from that kind of stuff. I remember when I was a kid, we were at an amusement park, and there were some homos in front of us, and at the time, I didn't even know what homos were. And I just remember the whole time we were in line, and my dad was keeping tons of distance between us and them. It was like real awkward and obvious. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like, why are we so far back? And 
I, you know, I remember I asked him, I was like, why are we so far back? I was like, because those guys in front of us are weirdos. That's what he said. And I was just like, okay, you know, but I, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Later I learned, you know, I learned there's, there's things called homos out there. I didn't even know what they were. I had a poster in my room of the 90, 1992 uh, Barcelona team. You know, and I remember one of the guys in there, one of my friends was like, did you know that that guy's gay? No. So, what about it? And apparently that meant homo. I got called a queer one time. Some girl called me queer. And I remember my, they called me and my friend a queer. And my friend like freaked out. She called us queer. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. You know, apparently, you know, and I learned later, what? You know, then I, I learned later, be insulted when somebody calls her a queer. I didn't know. I didn't really, I didn't know back then. That's how innocent I was. And that's how we ought to be. And, then, and I remember, man, when I found out, I was freaked out. I, mean, I was genuinely freaked out by them. And you know what? Thank God, I'm still freaked out by them. Thank God, they still give me the heebie-jeebies. They still give me the willies. I'm still disgusted. I don't, I don't have to you know, force myself to look away when I see them. You know, because it, it is still natural because I'm not watching the junk on television all the time. I refuse to allow myself to be desensitized to that stuff. And we've got, we've got to teach our children that. And so we've got to take an aggressive stand against perversion. That's the thing we've got to do. Too many people today and too many Christians are like, you know what, let's just leave them alone. You know, I, I understand it's wrong, I understand it's a sin, but do we have to be so vocal about it? Do you have to be so mean about it? But here's the problem with that attitude right there. One thing my dad always said, my dad has always said this, he would always say, I could beat up the toughest guy in the world if he would promise not to fight back. And you know what? That's true. You know, I don't care how strong a guy is, I don't care how tough he is, if he would allow me to just beat on him and not fight back, I would eventually wear him down and defeat him. And you know what? Unfortunately today, our world, they're fighting against us and it's like we're not fighting back. We're just letting them hit us with all the indoctrination. We're not even freaked out anymore. Our, our society as a whole, we're not up in arms when homosexuals are getting elected to office. We don't have a problem with that. People are, they're not even freaked out. Nobody's, it's not even a big deal anymore. People aren't freaked out when they're watching movies and they're watching TV shows and there's gays and lesbians on there. Not freaked out. We're just not fighting back. In churches today, they're even allowing them to participate in their services and come and be in the congregation. And no, just nobody's fighting back. You know, yeah, their official position is still against that, but they're silent on the issue. And in the meantime, what are they doing? They're still hitting at us. They're still beating on us. They're still fighting us. And you know what? I believe we're stronger than them. I believe truth is on our side. But if we just let them beat on us and chip away at us with us not fighting back, eventually they are going to defeat us. And they are they have defeated many religions. Many religions will allow gay and lesbian ministers. Transgenderism, it's being accepted in many, many religions today. You know why? Because they just quit fighting. And Baptists today are getting to where they have stopped fighting. They're just, and if they do fight, it's just a little, you know, slap on the hand, 
You know, they'll they'll take a little pot shot every now and then. Bless God, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. That's about the best you'll get out of them. You know? Hey, and I'm excited when I even hear that anymore. Alright? I'm excited when I even hear that. But we have got to take a strong, aggressive stand. And not just in church, in your home. You need to be speaking against this stuff. It needs to be clear that this type of thing, it is unacceptable. And you need to try to shield your kids from it as much as you possibly can because you don't want this stuff rubbing off on them. And I can't even imagine, you know, I can't even imagine how horrible it would be, you know, for a child to, one of my children to come telling me that they were a LGBT. Q, P, whatever. I, 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 would, I can't even imagine. I don't want to find out what it's like. But I think the Bible is clear why these things happen. I think society, I mean, it's clear just from society, that the studies they've done on these people, why this stuff happens. And it's because we've gotten away from Bible principles in our life. The solution, it's not the medication. And I didn't even get into this. But another reason I think we're seeing a lot of this stuff too, a lot of the medication they're giving these kids, I think has a lot to do with it. They're turning our boys who just tend to be a little hyperactive, have a lot of energy, very spirited, because they're boys, they're drugging them up to calm them down and making them more like girls is what they're doing. Girls are usually a little more calm than boys because they're different. So what do they do? They give them hormones and stuff or give them drugs that are going to make them more like girls and we wonder why they want to start wearing dresses later. That's a big part of it right there too. Keep your kids off that junk. All right, you, They don't need pills. They need spankings is what they need. Get rid of the riddling and bring back the paddling. Amen? You know, that's what they need. And we've got to make sure that we, you know, we protect because that is, it is a horrible thing. It's a tragic thing and it shouldn't be happening. These things are preventable. We've just got to follow what the Bible teaches. And I'm, I'm afraid today many are getting away from it. Take an aggressive stand. We don't want this happening to any of our, our children. This has got to stop happening in society and we cannot let them continue to wear us down. Let's fight back against this stuff. Let's call it what it is. It's perversion. It's, disgu- it's disgusting. And it is, a, it is a tragedy when these things take place. And so I hope this was a help. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the protection from uh, the, the things of this world. And Lord, it is sad to see the perversion that is just running rampant in our society today. Dear God, I pray You'll help us to stay true to Your Word and to the principles of it so we can avoid these things in our life. I pray there will never be a child that's, that's in this church or any part of this church that would uh, ever go down one of these paths. And I pray You'll help us to... Keep them on the right path and train them up in the way that they should go. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand.